The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Portal to Ascension Radio. Are you ready to expand your consciousness? Your hosts are Neil and Soul Gore. This is a revolutionary, cutting-edge, and deeply esoteric program. Join us as we explore the nature of our reality. Here is Neil and Soul. Welcome, everyone. This is Neil Gore, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Soul Gore. And this is Portal to Ascension Radio. And we are actually right now live here in Roswell, New Mexico. Yep, we're here with Paula Harris, and we actually came into New Mexico just a few days ago now, and um, having the most amazing experiences, meeting the most incredible people. We started out in Albuquerque. Yeah, we met um, Jose Padilla, who actually had an experience with a UFO, the first UFO crash landing in 1945, two years before the Roswell 1947 one. So that was pretty interesting. We hung out with him, uh, went out to the crash site, did some video of him, did some, some, a lot of talking because his story is just completely incredible. It's amazing. And he was only, what, like, he was nine years old. He was a nine-year-old boy who brought in his, who, him and his friend, who was six years old, uh, just saw this E.T. UFO uh, yeah. crash landing, yeah. It, he was only nine, as you said, and he's the only sole survivor left of this experience. And this whole entire trip has been extremely eye-opening for us. Uh, it's the first time that us as Portal to Ascension representatives has been have gone on the road to actually be a part of the field work. And Paula Harris kind of has taken us under her wing, so to speak, that we are now with her and actually exploring and, and day in the life of Paula Harris, really. And, and <laughs> yeah, also very interesting. figuring out what is going on in the grand scheme of it all and realizing that a lot of things that we thought we knew, we really didn't know. So we're extremely excited to be here. And this is the beginning of what we choose to do for the rest of our lives. Since my wife and I, we're going to be moving out soon and traveling the world, taking our camera everywhere, filming people and just bringing more and more awareness to the public. Yeah, and we're here with Paula Harris, who, oh my gosh, her life is really, really interesting. She goes around and does this field work. All This is her life, and she's got so much information, and she knows of things because she goes and does the research and really communicates and interacts with the people who have had these experience or who have the information. So, right. yeah, it's she's, really awesome. She's a UFO-slash-ET journalist, if you can call it that, where she's going around collecting all this awareness and compiling it in books and in her research so she can go out to the public and really show a full-picture awareness of what's going on in regards to the UFO-ET phenomena. So, do you want to go ahead and bring her on? Yeah. Welcome. Thank you for being with us here, Paula. 
Thank you, uh, Sol and Neil. Uh, and it's been fun. I mean, it's been a fun road trip, hasn't it? It has. Yes. Yeah. And right now, we're actually, all three of us are here around our laptop. We're in the hotel room in Roswell, and we're about to head out to the airport pretty soon. So, Paula, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Well, you, uh, I am a journalist. I'm an investigative journalist. So just picture me being like a Barbara Walters who, you know, went all around mm -hmm. the world interviewing all these famous people. That's just my job. And, it, and it's really nice because everything I do is audio taped. So I, there's nothing that I put out in the general public that's a lie because that's what the people told me. And I have the audio tape to back them up. Uh, I'm here in Roswell promoting my brand new book on Colonel Philip Corso. He was the biggest protagonist um, in the uh, in the Roswell group because he back engineered the artifacts from the Roswell crash, which meant he was at the Pentagon in 1960 when General Trudeau gave him these things and said, "Go to the big companies like Bell Labs and Monsanto and a lot of the of the other companies." and see how they can make them. And they were high-tenacity fibers, night-screening devices, fiber optics, uh, the transistor, and, um, uh, and the laser. So Colonel Corso had these things in 1960. The Air Force had them much before. And all, a lot of the stuff that's in the general public has been back-engineered from, um, from, from uh, crashes from these craft these interplanetary craft, and you, they're not going to throw them in the trash. So you, you're going to try to find out how they work and what was inside and how that stuff works. So that book, Conversations with Colonel Corso, is coming is on Amazon now. But since it's the 70th anniversary of the Roswell crash, um, I brought the book down and did a, did a live stream with you guys uh, yesterday. Uh, walking through the museum and giving the history of ufology. And, and, and even though 1945 was the first crash, 1947 Roswell uh, is the one, the mecca of all, and the, you know, the one everybody around the world knows, and you know, the, in their minds, the beginning of everything. Um, but I want to I wanna say a couple things about Roswell. I mean, when, when the... Um, the the crash happened and and, and, and you know it was for, you, for everybody to remember it was Independence Day they say Independence Day Fourth of July right so you can you can remember the date really yeah. really well yeah. and then the what was uh, stationed here was the 509th Bomb Squadron which are the Enola Gay which dropped the bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki I don't think that's a really nice uh, anniversary to remember. I mean, but, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, but they were stationed here. So whatever was watching that situation, uh, and there were many crashes in that area in 47, was watching our ability not only to have the atomic bomb on the planes ready to go, but the nuclear age and our ability to, to destroy ourselves. So I wanted to bring that forward to the general public because this is not just an entertainment center. And you've seen all the stores with all the aliens yeah. and all this mm -hmm. stuff. The city itself is a tourist attraction. Yeah. But it is a historical situation. Yeah, it's become really much like Disneyland, as you say. And um, the truth is that there is, there, there's a lot of things that occurred in, um, 
There's a lot of sightings and crashes that have occurred, and what we have come to realize from being with you over the last few days is that, as you said, it's tapped into the nuclear energy, that there's something going on with nuclear power in regards to extraterrestrial sightings. What's your take on that? Why do you think that they're even showing up around nuclear sites? Well, that's, you know, that, it's like the kids discovering the matches. When we discovered, well, we were working on it for a long time, but when the atomic bomb went off on July 16th, and uh, in Trinity, and we drove by there. You took a, a film of the yeah. plaque, right? Yeah. The Oppenheimer plaque that mm -hmm. said, I am death, the killer of worlds. Right. That quote from the Bhagavad Gita. Um, you know, it, we, changed, we went along another timeline, a timeline that is going to make us or break us. And I love what Clifford Stone said yesterday at the museum when he was mm -hmm. talking about North Korea. My God, you know, we're still playing that game. You know, are they yeah. going to bomb us? Are we going to bomb them? If we bomb them, they bomb us. Everybody gets bombed. Game over. It's a, it's a chess game. And it began with the discovery of atomic bomb. And so it, it was a historical pivotal point in history. And, that, and that's why this whole area is filled with, it's, it's filled with these memories, which I don't think are too cool, of, of atomic bomb, 509 bombs, uh, you know, the, the squadron, uh, the uh, in forty five the the Trinity site which is three hours away you saw that we yeah. drove by it uh, the first crash uh, and the fact that you know and you can go into details because you guys know now yeah. uh, about the fact that Jose Padilla's family didn't know the bomb was going to go off it looked like another son his mother was blinded the whole thing he told yeah, you yeah they didn't tell anyone the government didn't even tell the the family, anyone, no one knew that they were going to have testing or anything. And I think that was around the, that was the time that in 1945 that he saw the UFO crash site because the UFOs were probably here checking it out and trying to help us out and making sure that it didn't happen. And I think, you know how you said that there's, it's now become Disneyland here and there's so many artifacts of the bomb and all this stuff. I think a lot of Americans tend to take pride in that. And to me, it's kind of somber. It, it's really somber. And uh, and like if you know, we went to go see the the bomb piece or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm sure so many people, part of the atomic bomb, we went we went to see. There's this little monument and this little like a mini park created for it. And I'm I'm kind of like I don't even want to stand near it because. It's radiation, you know, and it's sad. And the intention yeah. for what it was in the first yeah, place. Yeah, just the energy of it. Just it's not something to glorify. Yeah. No, because for many, you know how many people died of cancer yeah. in those yeah. cities. He said most of his family died of cancer. His mom they're and dad. They're still dying of cancer. And they're still right. dying in the cattle. The yeah, cattle. And, and all, of the, all of the vegetation in the area was uh, mutated and it's still coming out kind of weird. So lots of stuff to do with the shift of the atomic bomb and I'm sure the ETs are here and have been here to help us right I've heard a, a lot of yeah. awareness in the last 16 years like ever since I got into this about nuclear energy affecting other worlds so I feel that the extraterrestrials could come here because that power splitting the atom could maybe affect different dimensions but now that we're on the 45 case mm -hmm. can you give us a little synopsis of what happened in 45 well, what happened was that the, the, there was... With Jose Padilla. Yeah, uh, the Padilla family uh, released 180,000 <clears throat> acres from the Bureau of Land Management, and the two little boys, and, and people say six and nine, but 
You heard Jose say that he was in diapers and learned to ride before he could learn to walk. Yeah, it was a different time. It was then. a different was, time. I mean, he was driving. He had to work. He had to work, and he was driving a car at nine. The, they were riding horses, uh, and it's so a, forth. It's ranch life. It's, it's ranch it's life. Different and, type of life. Yeah. So when he, um, you know, went uh, uh, in this particular area, and there was a storm, and there's horrible thunder and lightning storms here in New Mexico. Uh, they were um, under. Uh, uh, they were like under a, a, a place where they could not be hit by lightning and thunder. They were on a, on a, on a uh, hill and saw this craft come in, take out a radio tower. It, a piece broke off, and it burnt all the mesquite and all the trees in this area. And they the boys watched it. They had binoculars. They watched it. They walked down into the. Um, into the uh, little hill and that that little valley that we walked and and they actually saw the three beings uh, and the three beings were making a noise that sounded like they were hurt and Jose wanted to go in and he wanted to help them but Remy started crying. Remy is a six-year-old because he was afraid. Um, Jose said he was sure they were hurt. The big piece had fallen off the craft so their only their only recourse was to go back and tell their dad. They told the dad. They told Sheriff Apodaca, and uh, uh, the the Army Air Force went down there to clean up the uh, the wreckage, the debris, and it took eight days. But they also asked permission to cut the cattle guard gate um, because they said they were taking out a weather balloon. Now a weather balloon. The U.S. The U.S. And, government. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when they were taking out the weather balloon, uh, the, you don't take out a weather balloon through a, a, a you know uh, a, a gate. It was a, a craft, and the kids watched the whole eight days of of cleanup. So it's real because uh, after the eight days, and the soldiers went to the El Barn Cafe to celebrate. Jose himself, being a mischievous child, went in and with a crowbar pulled out a piece from the inside of the craft which we have a picture of, which yeah. I've been dealing with. Some of these pieces have gone to the Roswell Museum. Right. Yeah. So we've been, because for some people, not for me, I, I prefer witness testimony, but for some people, pieces are, are the, the truth. They, they, you know, if you show somebody a piece, they the believe physical, it. The physical. The physical aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I don't know, how did you guys feel when you, when you heard Jose? Did you realize that he was telling the truth? I feel, I feel, I feel his genuine honesty, and especially because he's not out for money or recognition. Right. He just wants people to know the historic facts and the truth, not only of what happened to his own family, but just the way everything was handled in the area, and for people to know that ETs have been coming here and are here and are here probably for our betterment and to help us not bomb ourselves to smithereens. Right. I also, um, I felt he was extremely genuine and we went to the crash site and we saw the, yeah. the avocado-shaped area that nothing's nothing growing on, on that no was filled in. Yeah. Something happened there and it looks pretty much like exactly what he said. So I feel that his story is extremely genuine and it's very interesting that it happened before 47, that it was like really the first case. Well, yeah, because I think, I mean, there are actually po uh, pictures, if you want to actually see them, of the bomb exploding and UFOs around it. Mm. Mm. 
You know, because, I mean, I think you open a portal, too. I mean, you talk about portals. Right, let's talk about you that. Open, yeah, portals are very important. They're, they're areas on the earth where all the dimensions come together. Mm -hmm. And you heard Jose's story about seeing the monkey. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the big monkey. He said he chased it, you know. He saw the big monkey. This was years he was later. Years later mm -hmm. when he was 12. What else did he see? He said he saw a soldier too, right? No, they took photographs mm -hmm. uh, in he their and cameras, he yeah. and his wife. And in the photographs, in the photographs would appear right. soldiers and things that weren't really there. In other in words. In this area where the crash site was. Yeah, what in happened, the vicinity, yeah. in, in the Padilla land. And we just actually found out that... It's a Native American uh, oh, yeah. uh, sacred land, sacred land, sacred land there. there. Yeah. Yeah. So that um, must be definitely why the Native Americans had it as a sacred land. It is a portal. That area is a complete portal. Yeah, you talked about Apache Geronimo being there. Mm -hmm. Remember, I right. told you all about Geronimo. Yeah. You know, and, and all this that you know we're sitting around talking about is part of history. When something is is studied. Or when you do research, if you're an investigative journalist or investigative reporter, the part that I find the most interesting is the, is the history part. What happened there? You ask all the, you got to ask all the right questions. It's not just that something landed or something crashed or whatever. And this is my way of dealing with life all over the world. And I just want to know. And then <clears throat> I just want to put together pieces of the puzzle. So... <coughs> And, and let's go to, you know, I've done this so much, so many years that anymore, I, you know, the nuts and bolts stuff, of, uh, it's real. Uh, it's real. I want to uh, put it all together, but... So we have about 30 seconds, so why don't we um, come up with, why don't we follow up with that after the commercial break? Yeah, and stay tuned, stay with us. We will be right back. Okay. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Portal to Ascension takes you to the edge of what we perceive as reality. We exist to bring awareness to hidden ancient wisdom, our true world and galactic history, advanced technology, sound and frequency, sacred economics, conscious living, cosmic consciousness, and the ascension of humanity. Neil and Solgore are your facilitators for this experience. The time is now for the expansion of your consciousness. Participate in our online webinars. Visit portaltoascension.org. That's portaltoascension.org. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated. Hear about success stories and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Portal to Ascension Radio with Neil and Soul Gore. To find out more about the program and to contact Neil and Soul directly, please visit our website at portaltoascension.org. Now back to this week's program. Hey everyone, we are back and Paula Harris is with us. Please continue your thought. 
Okay, well, I, I was saying that I've done all the nuts and bolts. I've worked with Dr. Jalen Hynek. I've we've I've talked to Clifford Stone and and all the witnesses. I've been I've been uh, with people that have been in the field, intelligence people, to tell the truth and so forth. And I think I've graduated into graduate school. And I want to make this clear because this is where I am now. I really want to see why we are having these um, these visitations. I really do not believe that the symbol for the alien is a little gray thing running around. I right. think that is the extraterrestrial biological entity that uh, Colonel Corso calls the clone. Those creatures are created in order to fly the ship. They become one with the ship. They have, in Colonel Corso's book, he's very clear that they have a four-lobe brain and there were two implants in two of the lobes, which meant that, that they, these, peop these people or these little things are implanted to fly a ship and to gather information. So I want to talk about our cosmic cousins. I'd rather go to whoever the, the races are that are visiting. And what shocked me about um, Clifford Stone's testimony, and this is after years of knowing him, was that the reason why he said there was 57 different races is because he had a manual, he had a manual on how to help these 57 different right. medical species, manual, right? medical yeah. manual, a medical manual is if if they were hurt, how they could help them. How right, could right, they, right. what not to use, what medicines not to use that would kill them, but how to uh, help them in emergency situations. Fifty-seven different races, and and you're looking at one, and you got to look at the manual to see how you could help that. So the government wasn't trying to hurt them; they were trying to keep them alive. Well, that's yeah. not all the government. Because some of the government wants to kill them and shoot them and doesn't want you to know about them. Uh -huh. But the crash retrieval people, the okay, people yeah, yeah, that okay. actually went to the crashes and saw a being that was suffering. Yeah. And then the, those crash retrieving people are different from the CIA mm -hmm. documents that you saw that they yeah. didn't want to yeah. you know, deal with everything. Uh, so I'm sh in shock that there are 57 different races and all we do in the circus of ufology is, is concentrate on the little UFO gray clone. Right, right. And Which isn't that, even the extraterrestrials. No, it's, yeah. it's like a clone. It's an extra, it's a biological entity. The people that are visiting, and, and if you can get a, a clue on the people, uh, people go, well, they're Nordic. No, they're not all Nordic. The tall whites at Area 51 that Charles Hall uh, talked about were not typical Nordic. They had such short hair and, and they lived to be 700 years old. They were different. And the Pleiadians of Billy Meyer are different. And uh, Antarel from South America, the Apunians, are different. Yeah. But these are people that are coming with messages. And I guess when I realized that is when I started looking at Starworks USA, my Laughlin conference, to try to bring in the contactees and the stories that had the messages. Otherwise, it's just all data. Right. Well, you're just a bunch of data you put in an encyclopedia. And then what? You, you know, you say you, you don't answer the questions. Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's happening because we have a chance to change our timeline. We have a chance to grow up. We have a chance to take responsibility with nuclear. And you heard Cliff yesterday saying how they activated the missiles in Russia to scare the living daylights mm -hmm. out of the Russians, and they deactivated them here. Yeah. All 10 missiles at Maelstrom. Yes. Uh -huh. The uh, the ETs. Now, we don't know what, what group of ETs did that, but, but, but we're getting these messages, don't play around with fire. 
Yeah. And I think it's important we talk about this on the radio show, considering yes. the, the political situation of today. All, I saw the newspaper down about how tough we are in North Korea, that, and then the president says something's going to happen. Like what? Like, are we going to bomb them, and they're going to bomb us, and we're going to bomb each other to death? I mean, we need to look at the fact that, that somebody is warning us. Right, the most eye-opening experience for, for me on this is that I thought Roswell happened, maybe we reverse-engineered some stuff, but that was the only real experience. Maybe it was an, some sort of agreement that happened with these uh, beings that came here, but now I'm realizing that there was, a, there was a crash retrieval team, and this was happening all the time, all over the U.S., all over the world, and they completely know about everything. It's not like they may know, and it's just one interaction, and then they found this craft. This has been happening. Yesterday, Cliff told us about something in 1897 in Texas, oh, yeah, where they yeah, buried yeah. an extraterrestrial, yeah, they and they gave him a Christian birth because they're like, oh, well, he's a sentient being burial, kind of thing, burial. right? Burial. Yeah. yeah. He's a sentient being, so let's give him a Christian burial. That's a famous case, yeah. Right. So... Uh, my mind is blown. I did not know that there were this many cases uh, happening here. And um, what, is this, what does this mean for us? Like, what, right now these documents are coming out, and obviously Cliff was actually showing us these documents. But what does this mean for the future, and how are we going to get this awareness out to more and more people? Okay, well, you know, I hope I get a chance to do another presentation that I have called... Uh Human type aliens, because Adamski was involved in 1950 with people from Venus, and Glenn Steckling, who will be at Roswell, at Laughlin, I'm sorry, will talk about the life of Adamski because he, his father was Adamski's best friend, and, and George Adamski had his his first contact with Orthon in San Diego, Palomar Gardens, uh, you know, in uh, in that area, and um, what. And Steckling shows me a Polaroid, and he says, the being is in this picture. Can you tell who it is? And it was a, a young guy with a suit. And I said, but they look like us. This, 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 he says, no, this, these, these people used to come and sit on the couch when I was a, a kid. He said they were ETs. They were dressed in suits. They had blonde hair. They didn't age. They did not age. They were people. And they'd sit on the couch, and they would also... A, a company Adamski all through Europe. They were people. So uh, that's one testimony of them being among us. And then I remember Cliff said, Cliff Stone said, they are among us. They're, well, if they're among us, they look like us, and they're mixed in with everybody else. Right. And so the thing is that we have to get away from this ridiculous image that the E.T. is a little gray alien that just takes people, scares them to death, and abducts, there's them. A, abducts them for no reason. Probes them. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the situation is, it, it, like Cliff explained that I already knew because we had a couple, couple of cases in Italy that were human-type aliens. I mean, Eugenio Siracusa saw these blonde people. They were walking around his house. I got testimony that these blonde people with, uh, with, uh, with blue suits, look like space suits, were walking around his house. I've been to different countries... And now in South America, they're people, people. They go up to engineers and say, you're building that, that, uh, that uh, bridge. It's going to fall in 10 years. They actually go up. This, the biggest story I have, but I have to go to um, uh, Peru to prove it because I got all the testimonies still alive, is Van Ju that walked into the Ecuadorian embassy. And he said, I am a commander. I am here to tell you that he, wow. he said that you're going to have an earthquake and you better move the people from that city because the top of the mountain's going to fall on them. 
And they said, you're commander of what? And he, and he said, come outside. And the ship was over the embassy. The secretary's still there. And the, you know what the first words were? We could kill you. Hmm. And he said, no, you can't. And he showed them a cubiette around his neck. And he said, I'm being monitored. They know I'm down here. And they saw the inside of the ship, the controls and everything, oh, wow. on the cube. And he said, I'm telling you this. And they said, well, we want other information. If you are who you are, how many, you know, uh, tanks does the next person have over there? They asked him for military information. They did not move the people from that town. It is a very famous earthquake. 45,000 people died. Mm. Wow. After Von Ju came down to tell them, you know, look, we know this. Wow. Because they know the future. I mean, they know what's going to happen. Right. So they're trying to say, you got a chance. We're just like you. We look like you. We've been through this ourselves. We've destroyed our planets. The Yapunians destroyed their planet, and, they, and they're talking to Ricardo Gonzalez about what they went through. But the Yapunians' message is ecological. Right, ecological. Right. The, uh, when I was in the Anacama Desert with Ricardo, he came back from a contact on the hill with a real physical person. The message was, you're going to have a war over water. Mm. Water. You're going to have yeah. a, your your earth is being scorched. Your seasons are changing. You need to have rules in place. And we just completely kill the EPA right now. And all and 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 global warming is not a hoax. Yeah. They know it's not a hoax. And they said, get a clue. You want to save this planet? You better do it now because the Apunians' demise came from ecological problems. Mm -hmm. You know, e ecological. You know, they didn't take care of their planet. So let. I would love to just have a dialogue. If somebody said, well, you want to talk to somebody, I'd say the Native Americans. Yeah. Let's sit and talk to them. They knew Mother Earth. They knew that we were related to Mother Earth. They knew that whatever we did would right, be right. fall on policy. And here we are thinking about money. And their famous quote is, you can't eat money. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we've yeah. gone into a world where we have um, disconnected from the planet. And mm -hmm. back in the day, in the indigenous times, everybody knew that we were one with nature and nature was one with us. And a good example of that is trees give us oxygen and we give them something. We're connected to everything inherently. And we've disconnected so much that we're just taking advantage of our planet. So an awareness of how we're interconnected with each other and our planet is really what's needed right now. Yes, and that's where I'd like to go, Neil. Even though I got so much data, my God, all my books are filled with. I've got the Philadelphia experiment in there. I've got, oh my God, I got the the bomb testing in the in the Pacific in there. I've got all kinds of military uh, witnesses and so forth. I realize that we know it's real. I don't want to play around anymore. We know it's real. I mean, you've been here. You know it's real because you're in Roswell. You know the pieces. You've seen. Yeah. You've seen all the pro proof. But, well, you know, we, it's time to do something. So I hope Portal to Ascension and uh, different uh, um, entities that want to really do something yeah. will do something because otherwise it's a waste of time uh, to just keep, you know, bringing out the, the, the you know, the, the evidence. Information. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we need to shift as a unit, as a community, and gather our... Uh, forces, if you will, for good, for good. Higher yeah. consciousness. Yeah. Higher consciousness. I mean, if if nothing else, I mean, I just thought of something the really yeah. cool because I'm doing Laughlin. Let's talk about my conference in Laughlin is very yeah. important that it's supported. Okay, it is. A sh it's called uh, the evolution of human consciousness. It's November 
uh, 10th to 12th this year at the Aquarius Hotel. And the reason why we're having it in Laughlin is because it's a cheaper venue. I'd rather the people only paid $39 for their hotel mm -hmm. than all kinds of money. And the conference is 18 speakers, gala dinner, cocktail party, and two movies, and it's very reasonable. But I want something to come of it. I want people to be inspired enough to go and, like, plant a garden uh, a communal garden or couple yeah. plant trees or or, or, or communicate with uh, the stars, do stargazing. I want something to come of it so that the the extraterrestrial visitors and and our community knows that we don't want whatever bad stuff could happen to happen. And the only way you could do that is to gather people around with that kind of intention. You have to gather them and say, okay, so can can one person make a difference? Yes. Did Gandhi make a difference? Yes. Did Martin Luther King make a difference? Yes. One person. One person can make a difference. But when people unite uh, and see that we are one with the cosmos, that it is not about money, economy, and, and killing your brother and sister on this mm -hmm. planet. It is not about that. I mean, anybody that has a brain knows that it's not about that. That, that we can, all of us together, do something. So I don't want to just be branded as Paula Harris, the just. Right. I want to be Paula Harris, the like cosmic ambassador. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That is what you are. <laughs> I want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, at right, this right, age, right. I've had, I've done all the data. I mean, I couldn't do any more. So, um, yeah, and thank you for supporting my work. Of course. Of course. Now, yeah. I've said on this show, probably with this uh, third show and the other two shows, I've said it before, that what connects the ET UFO awareness to spirituality because a lot of people in day-to-day -day life if you talk about extraterrestrials and then you start talking about meditation the regular Joe Blow on the street will be like what doesn't make sense to them and it's really about the frequency and the vibration that a lot of these beings that even Cliff Stone was talking about are spiritual in essence and they keep, have a spiritual message for us wouldn't you agree? Yeah, and they don't speak English, Japanese, uh, Chinese <laughs> yeah. and everything. They do direct thought transfer. In other words, if they're going to meet you and they have to communicate with you, they're going to do it through telepathy. Mm -hmm. Telepathy, meditation, and those kinds of, of, of communications should be taught in grammar school. You know, that it's okay to have ESP, that it's okay to communicate, uh, to do creative visualization. Because these are the communication devices that these cultures use on us yeah. The reason why they use Cliff Stone is because he was psychic, because they knew, he knew they knew that if he sat in a room and they were projecting in his mind what they needed, he would pick it up. Mm. That he's not just somebody off the street. He had an experience and he was psychic. So, and 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 the whole idea of psychics being involved in this or meditation. You want to go into meditation? It's all connected. The meditation, the quieting of the mind, the receiving of the messages. Yeah. It's all connected. So. It, Anybody that is in this field that has that has any kind of intelligence will know that the, the meditation, the raising of the vibration, and you can even go into the diet part, mm -hmm. the cleansing of your body, and and, and being a, a you know pure vessel. Detoxing. Well, detoxing, and and also by the way, oh, a part probably. of the detoxing should be a TV. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a, there is a one time I watch television where somebody isn't killing somebody, you see the whole blood, you see the inside guts, yeah. and they're doing autopsies on television, desensitizes you that, oh, that, yeah, is, that is a human being, that, and, and that shooting is normal. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And so I think a lot of the detoxing, because you were ta talking about the meditation you went on for 10 days right. or whatever, uh -huh. 
is not to see these horrible, violent images which become normal. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, detoxing completely. And, and what you were mentioning that uh, Neil and I go on is uh, Vipassana. Vipassana, which is silent meditation, and you go into, uh, you know, usually like a nice woods area or something, and you just meditate. It's like and eight hours a day. And you become one with everything. Like, you stop and literally smell the flowers, because... There is nothing else out there, and and you're like ah, in awe of of the night sky and the morning, you know, and the morning sun coming out. So that's what we need to get in touch with, so that we can have not only compassion for ourselves, but compassion for everyone and everyone in the universe and universes. Right. You know, exactly true. I mean, it's the the answer is simple it's hard to do cuz we live in a world that needs economy and money mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. forth some people do whatever it takes to get it but is not it's not the final answer i mean for people that are searching for answers the answer is that we are one that we are one with all the people on the planet and we are one with the cosmos and yeah. whoever is visiting we are one and if you get into the evil thing you're going to attract that yeah, if all you can think about is evil, they're going to kill you. And you'll attract demon, uh, demons, and there's different dimensions. You'll attract the, the, the negative energy. Yeah. And what attracts the negative energy the most is fear. Mm -hmm. And uh, fear is, is one of those things that is a very negative emotion. Right. So it's either fear or love. It's either one or the other. And uh, that's, even in our own community of UFOs, it's filled with fear-based craziness. Whatever you choose, you perpetuate. You yeah. choose fear, it's just going to ripple effect. You choose love, and that will create for yourself. So what about the um, negative extraterrestrials? What do you think about that? Do they I don't, exist? No, I think, no. I mean, do they exist? Well, I, I believe what Cliff believes. I believe what uh, St Stephen Greer believes and Carol Rosin and the people that are intellectual believe that uh, whoever's visiting here doesn't need to, to, to deal with humanity except to, to give messages that not to repeat what, they ha what they've lived through. As far as negative, Cliff, Cliff mentioned rogue elements. Mm -hmm. Rogue elements means power-hungry, you know, beings. There could be a few of those. But the specific incidents that we talked about, specific mm -hmm. the ones he talked about in Vietnam, the ones that were here, look... Those little beings that saw Jose Padilla and, and his brother, I mean, and his friend, could have done something to him. Because they, they landed, they crashed, they could have done... They didn't do anything to us even right. after we exploded the atomic bomb. They didn't do anything to the, those missiles in Maelstrom except shut them down. They didn't yeah, destroy yeah. the base. They didn't do anything in Russia uh, except appear. It's like they're saying, we are here to me they're benign they're not good or bad they just are they just are they so just are they just say? are there's no good or bad i mean right. can you imagine them coming here and watching what we're doing pedophile yeah, yeah, yeah. pedophile uh you know killing each other bank robberies uh you know rapes murders what are they going to say about human beings are they going to say if somebody says uh you know, are human beings good or bad? What would you say? Yeah, we're both. We're both. <laughs> yeah. We're both. Right, yeah. right, right. And a lot of these um, beings, as Cliff was saying, have um, kind of 
even think of us as rodents or just like just ants even but it's not that they have this negative um, uh, primitive primitive yeah, think of us as primitive and it's like oh they're just some ants just like we would be walking on the street and accidentally step on one right yeah. so it's not even that they like hate us or anything it's just that we are the lower civilization a primitive civilization that really isn't on their level so they don't even give us the time of day or they're just observing us to see what impact we're going to have as long as we don't have the impact of destroying everything they're kind of just here to watch well actually i call them cosmic anthropologists yeah mm -hmm. that, uh, that's because they watch they watch how you live they watch uh they're watching to see if we can surpass our technological age and our spirituality will go along with our technology. You can be high-tech, and we're talking high-tech now because you're doing high-tech stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have to have a spirituality that matches the high-tech, right, and it right. has to go together. If, if high-tech gets so high-tech that you're destroying people, right. then what's uh, the, the point the, of the, it? Yeah, I yeah. know. The problem is that they're watching... That the the and, and spirituality means just a, a, a sense of ethics, not religion, yeah. but a sense of ethics. What's good, or, you know, what you do f that that is ethical. Right, and um, we only have a few minutes, le uh, one minute left, and we're going to go to commercial break and bring you back on. But what I feel, what you're saying is that we need to have our consciousness connected to our technology, right? right. Have more of a spiritual connection to it, and we've got this externalized world right now where technology and us are separate beings. Mm -hmm. So, and I've heard in past civilizations, they've actually had a connection with their consciousness and technology. So, um, I know the craft that they found over in 45 or 47, the beings actually use their own consciousness to travel interdimensionally and through their portal. Yeah, right. right. With your mind. You could do anything with your mind. Right, right, right. Okay, so we're going to go to a quick commercial break, everyone, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Portal to Ascension takes you to the edge of what we perceive as reality. We exist to bring awareness to hidden ancient wisdom, our true world and galactic history, advanced technology, sound and frequency, sacred economics, conscious living, cosmic consciousness, and the ascension of humanity. Neil and Solgore are your facilitators for this experience. The time is now for the expansion of your consciousness. Participate in our online webinars. Visit portaltoascension.org. That's portaltoascension.org. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Portal to Ascension Radio with Neil and Sol Gore. To find out more about the program and to contact Neil and Sol directly, please visit our website at portaltoascension.org. Now back to this week's program. All right, we're back, everybody, with Paula Harris. And now we want to go into talking about her conference because she's really created something amazing. And she's been doing this for quite some time. I, don't, I think it's been over 10 years, but... This event is something new. It's not just nuts and bolts information. It really has this spiritual connection. So, Paula, why don't you tell us about the experience and what we can expect there? Well, actually, Laughlin, uh, the Laughlin Conference in November 10th through 12th is, is uh, a theme-based. 
because last year it was music, art, and UFOs, and we had all the art and all the music. We had Grant Cameron speak about how the, the famous musicians were downloaded by T's like John Lennon to try to ch cause social change. So I have a theme. I, a, a theme this year is time for truth. It's, it's pretty nuts and bolsy because there's Clifford Stone who's going to be uh, questioned by by uh, George Nury. And, and Sol, if you want to say something about your feelings about Clifford and meeting him. Meeting Clifford, oh my gosh. I fell in love with him because... Yes. The information is true and because he is a genuine person and all he wants like from the moment you meet him is to give the information and to make sure that everyone has uh, a sense of what he has experienced and so that it's someone and, and someone can believe his story. And he's a military yeah, man. Yeah, and he's a military man who, yeah. who's been in it, what, what was he, like 25 years in the military or something? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. He, they got him at 16 because they needed him for, mm -hmm. for his, his skills. Yeah. So, yeah, so he will be questioned on the stage by George Nury of Coast to Coast. And, of course, George Nury is, everybody knows who he is. He's our, our resident radio personality who is does the paranormal mysterious and ufos and i and we're bringing in george this year too because he's a lot of fun and but we have people like carol rosin who wants a a, a, a peace treaty uh, so we won't weaponize space and she worked with verna ron braun we're bringing in uh, heather ariel who is a, an astrologer but when she does your chart she's super psychic she also writes she's from new york city so she writes plays for broadway She's a, she's wonderful, uh, and uh, Andrea Perone, whose family was was the subject of The Conjuring. Uh, her, her, they lived in Rhode Island, and the place they lived in had real, uh, you know, scary events uh, happening because of unresolved issues. And she wrote the book, The House of Darkness, House of Light, and she loves UFOs. I mean, she'll she'll talk about. The ETs and UFOs is part of her, her talk, and also people like J.J. Hertak and Desiree who talk about the Keys of Enoch, and uh, mm -hmm. Regina Meredith will go back to the Anunnaki times and talk about the, the uh, ancient alien uh, situation. Hakdan Octagon from Turkey has the most incredible UFO footage. Everybody's seen that chevron-shaped UFO with the two beings that they actually captured with video. Jaime Malsan will bring videos also from Mexico City, and he does the latest. So, you know, people are saying, well, you know, there are no more sightings. Uh, when you see Jaime, it goes on for an hour and a half, all the videos. And then, of course, uh, the the thing that I really, I really love, Urban, uh, Ruben Uriarte, who is from MUFON, who has great stories to tell about his research. The, the, I, I really love to, to bring the, the Latin Americans, because the Latin Americans have physical contact with human type UFO. So we have Sisto Paz Wells, who is like the godfather of the contactee movement uh, in South America uh, from the 1970s and 80s, who met Axel, uh, you know, this is after being in the desert and, and uh, for uh, a week of fasting and just juice only, intense, waiting for that these people to land. Do they land? Yeah, because there's a preparation, and your, your intent is not just a, like a circus to watch them, but they actually land, walk over to you, and they communicate with you. And 
CISO will talk about the communications and Enrique Villanueva, yeah. who was under CISO Paz as far as he was one of the, the initiates under CISO, who lives in California, speaks beautiful English, and is doing now therapy uh, along, the times, uh, along the changing of your timeline so you have a different future. So both Enrique Villanueva and Sisto Paz are, are where I am, and Ricardo Gonzalez, uh, in that the messages that we're getting from Latin America are the, are the serious messages now yeah. that need to be told around the world because it's, it's 2017. I was with uh, Ricardo in the Atacama Desert in 2016. I'm on my way to Spain to Monte Perdido with Ricardo Gonzalez. Uh, in, in a mass peace meditation this year. I will talk about that in Laughlin. So, and what happens during these meditations under the stars? They appear. The ships appear over your head. So these are things, the consciousness element, which is really basically consciousness if you want, is waking up. That's it, just wake up, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is the most important element of, of uh, the conference, the consciousness expanding. Right, right. Just wake up and understand what's going on. It's the same message that the, uh, the beings that are visiting us are giving us too. Just yeah. wake up. Wake up to yourselves. Wake up to your planet. Right, exactly. Wake up to each other. We're all here together. We're an integral part of this human family. These extraterrestrials, I believe we're connected to on some level, ancestrally or whatever, right? So how connected are we with each other? You know? Well, that, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that, but that's your heritage. You have a very spiritual heritage. Yeah. <laughs> you started with us. You've got to start with yourself. You mentioned that. You've got to mm -hmm. start with yourself. You can't just wake up. You, you wake up to, to yourself. Right. Then you wake up to each other. Then you wake right, up right. to it's the planet. Yeah, you have and to shift a, yourself. Yeah. And like you said, get yourself cleansed and then see then about... Like disclosure yeah. stress yeah. from within, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, that's true. I mean, it's not an outward thing, no. Yeah. I don't know how many people want to face it that way, you know. It, it's, uh, that's why maybe the esoteric should get together with the data people. Yeah, and that's, why, that's, that's what you're doing. Yeah. That's what we're you're doing. marrying yeah. the two, so uh -huh. yeah, that's exactly what's you needed. Have to, you have to marry the two. Uh, I want to tell you a really quick story. Edgar Mitchell told me that when he was on the moon, he would send... They would be playing the the, uh, the uh, ESP game. He'd have the cards, the circle, the square, the diamond... And he, he had contracted with Florida, with people in Florida, to meditate on that symbol, and then they would pick it up. Mm -hmm. He said the experience was were 99% successful. Mm. <laughs> that means he was projecting his thoughts from the moon. Wow. That thought is so powerful that they're looking at, you know, at 5 o'clock, they're looking at the cards, and they, they start recording what they're getting from, from Edgar, who's on the moon. Yeah. And oh, so, I never my heard God, that yeah, he told me about that, but I had read about that. Wow. Uh, that's why he, he, when he came back, he started Noetic Sciences. He didn't go back into into engineering and NASA. Right, right. He started the Institute for Noetic Sciences, which is basically ESP, the quantum, uh, you know, not entanglement. I don't know if you've heard of entanglement, or they call it uh, non-locality. Yeah. When one when one atom is stimulated here, it's also stimulated. Right. Through it shows you know, how we're all right. connected. Yeah. That is what what he did, which is what I see Clifford doing a lot, is. Proving his experience. He had an experience on the moon. He had an epiphany. Mm -hmm. He felt one with the stars when he was traveling. And then he has to go to science to prove it because people don't believe it. Yeah. Now that they tell you, I feel this or I saw this or I, you know, I lived this. And people say, no, it's scientifically impossible. Right. So that's where Edgar Mitchell went to noetic sciences, to quantum physics, to prove the quantum, uh, in quantum mechanics that everything is united. He had to go do that to explain his experience. Yeah. So, 
Do we have it all? Yeah. If you want to look at it, you look at the work of Dean Radin, who is Noetic Sciences, uh, um, Russell Targ, uh, you know, all Edgar Mitchell's Noetic Sciences. He's six men to walk on the moon. These are not people off the street. This is not something to laugh at, and for me, it's not a game. Right. Yeah, they had to be, I mean, in order to go to the moon, you have to go through some intense, intense physical, mental training, training of all kinds, and they have to, like you said, you're not just anyone off the street. Because These are intellectuals. You, yeah. And to give them more credibility, right, for the mass public. Well, he's also an engineer from NASA. I mean, he was not He was a, an astronaut. I mean... If you can't believe an astronaut, Gordon Cooper, who actually saw a landing, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, say, oh, yeah. B- uh, yeah, these guys. Uh, but you know something anymore, if you don't believe or if you don't want to play in this arena, I always say to my friends, don't force this on people. Yeah. They're not ready for That's it. That's a hard like, lesson oh, to learn. Know. When, you, when you wake up and you're yeah, like, but people, everyone should on listen. No, yeah, but yeah. They don't, they're not ready. Yeah. yeah. There's some people that aren't ready. What I'm encouraging is the people that are ready yeah. to sign up for Laughlin. The website is www.starworksusa.com. www.starworksusa.com. And uh, the early bird finishes June 1st, and we need okay. those funds to bring in the foreigners. Yeah. So please, everybody, um, join us and be at the event. Please try to attend. And contribute to this awareness because it's time for the information to come out and the Starworks conference I've been to many UFO conferences and consciousness conferences and this is probably one of my favorites and we only got to stay there for a day and a half out of the three days but I had so much fun I didn't even want to leave the next day there was just so many beautiful people there every interaction was great the venue was incredible and it's just a really good experience for everybody to come and be a part of. There's something beautiful when people come together to share this energy. We create that epic bubble and that vibration and we send it out into the cosmos. So you really should join us in November so that we can create that energy together and send it out to the universe. And you will be live streaming and we'll announce more later about the live stream. Oh, yeah. 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 So the, the event will be live streamed. I highly recommend coming and attending live. If you're somewhere on the planet where you can't come out, we will be live streaming it and within a few months um, I think around September we'll be launching and letting you guys know about that too. So before we wrap up, let us know about what, what the next step is for you in regards to your research. Are you um, traveling anywhere soon? Do you have any Yeah, I, I leave for May 20, uh, 31st for Italy. The Corsa book, uh, the Europeans, the Europeans want the, the translation of uh, the day after Roswell, the, uh, the dawn of a new age, which is his real notes. And my book, Conversations with Colonel Corso. So on the 11th of June, I will be at a huge conference in Rome about that. Then I will uh, also research a case in Genoa. Since I'm there anyway, I research UFO cases of a contactee in Genoa who who deals with very, very tall uh, beings, visited him for 27 years, and he is a, a, a security guard so that the police is involved in this. They see him disappear on the mountain. They follow him. It's very well documented, and, and he wants me to come and finish the case, and I'll go do it, and, and I'll put it out there. And But it's an Italian case, and there's so many different cases, and I'll end my vacation, if you want to call it that, in, in Spain on the 23rd of June under the stars on the French uh, Sp- Spanish border and near Barcelona. Mm-hmm. It's Monte Perdido, very sacred spot, with Ricardo Gonzalez, and about 300 people who are going to really meditate for peace. 
to change this very dangerous timeline that we are on now. Yeah. This is not Disneyland. We are watching this this play out uh, with all countries of the world uh, on on television, and and we're in a war zone. We're in emergency mode. So does it work? Yeah, meditation works when you have that many people peace uh, meditating for peace. Because somewhere what we're doing is we're asking for help. We're asking that the, the dynamic change, and it works. So I, I, I you know, also recommend maybe to, on the 23rd of June, the people personally meditate. Mm. Oh, awesome. Yeah, join us in meditating. Um, do you have a time? I don't know. Uh, it's, in, it's in Barcelona, so I have to... Just listen. energize. Th- throw some energy out there from your from your soul, from your beingness, and help us raise the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your calendars right now, everyone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, please. because you don't 23rd. want to, you, we don't want to go down that road. Yeah. 23rd um, or 26th? June 23rd. 23rd. June 23rd. And, uh, have you ever heard of the, um, the group of people that meditated in D.C. and then the crime stats went down yes, the following yes, day, yes, right? Yes, yeah. So, and that's actually common knowledge. That's and this was actually knowledge. mainstream science that proved right. this. So. When we all get together in numbers and we all have a collective intention to raise the frequencies and empower ourselves, everything changes. We shift timelines, right? Yeah, there was also a group that was on their way to go see the crop circles, I think, in England. And they raised the vibe and they were meditating, just like you said, that you know the ESP cards of the circles Mm -hmm. and the squares or whatever. And they meditated on something and they, they created... A crop circle with whatever they were intending exactly. to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, so we What's as a collective can shift everything. But you have to want to, and I, I really want to tell your listeners, we're in an emergency yes. mode right now. This is not a, there. This is a crucial uh, time. It's a crucial time, and we didn't cause it necessarily, but you know we need to change it. Mm-hmm. Right. So thank you, Paula. We have around 30 seconds. Please just give us again your websites where we can find out more information about you. And thank right. you so much. Well, my, my personal website is Paula, P-A-O-L-A, Harris.com. And the other one uh, that, that, you know, has Laughlin Conference is www.StarWorksUSA.com. Starworks USA. Look at all the speakers. And, and we'll see you guys there. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you for being (laughs) with us. Thank you for allowing us to hang out with you. Portal to Ascension with Paula Harris. Thank you so much for being with us. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. We love you. Thank you for joining us for Portal to Ascension Radio. We invite you to return for another session of our program next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Gratitude, love, and abundance until we meet again. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericaempowerment.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 